Church family, I'm excited about today. Love you so much. We have a creed that we do every week here at Shoreline City, and I want all of you to say it with me on the count of three. We're going to put the words on the screen so that you can follow along. You ready? This is a reminder of who God says we are and of our identity in Jesus Christ. On the count of three, we're all going to say it together. Young, old, English, your first language, English, your seventh language. Doesn't matter. We're all going to say it together. Ready? One, two, three. I am loved by God. I cannot earn it. I cannot lose it. In Christ, I am forgiven and made brand new. I live with passion and purpose. I am empowered by the Spirit to be the church in the world and to live for the glory of God. Come on, church family. Can we clap our hands? Ready for today. It's going to be a great day. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in all of our hearts and our lives. If you have a Bible, grab it. If you got it on your phone, grab that. We've got folks meeting at the Angelica movie theater. We got folks meeting at the AMC movie theater. We've got individuals all over the world that are gathering together in homes and in neighborhoods. And today we get the opportunity to remind ourselves of the goodness and the the grace of Almighty God expressed and displayed in the person of Jesus Christ. I am thrilled for us to be together. We have been in this series, you know, called Thy Kingdom Come, right? Thy Kingdom Come. We have been unwrapping this prayer that this mandate that Jesus gave to his church. He gave it to me and he gave it to you. So as we continue to unwrap it, I, I had something happen to me yesterday that is happening more times than I want to admit or I care to admit it's happening. And that is this, and hopefully I'm not the only one, all of y'all on this platform with me, you guys are kind of young, I'm getting older here. So as I'm upstairs in our home and I, I don't have my phone, so, you know, you can't really live without your phone, right? I mean, you can't, you can't live without it. So I, I'm like, man, I got to go downstairs. I got to find my phone. Uh, I didn't want to yell downstairs uh, to one of my kids to bring up my phone to me because, you know, that's one of the reasons you have children is so that they can run those little errands for you. Uh, but since they did not, uh, they, I, I didn't want to yell. I, I, I get up. I walk downstairs. It's not a lot of steps. I walk down steps and I get downstairs and I'm like, why did I come down here? <laughs> so now, now, now I am, I, I am, I'm in kind of the front of our house and I'm like, dang, I know I came down here for something. And by that time, you know, I think my little daughter ran up to me. And by that time, my 15-year-old, you know, gave me some dap. By that time, my 10-year-old, I don't know, was telling me something about a, a beautiful a cartoon that he drew. So, so, I don't know. I had, you know, seven other things. And I'm like, dang, dang. Okay, I came, I came, I came down here for, for... My phone. I came down here for my phone. And I'm incredibly aggravated with myself. I mean, from the top of the steps to downstairs. Y'all, it's only 15 steps. It's not a big house at all. And I forgot why I was even there. Can I just submit? I think some of us from March... Until about now, <laughs> we're up in church and connecting with everybody and in groups and living our lives the way we wanted to live our lives. And many of us were living our lives for the glory of God, praying the prayer, thy kingdom come. And we walked down some steps from April to May to June to July to racial division to elections to covid to fears, to job loss, to so much stuff that is going on. And now here we are like, what? Why did I come down here? Like, like why? Why am I here? We have forgotten so much of who God has called us to be and why he has put us here. So I felt a mandate today. I felt a mandate today 
from, from God. I pray, God, God, what do you want me to share? God, what do you want me to share? I felt God say, Earl, will you please remind my kids how I expect them to act in your house? Can you please remind my kids the call and the destiny and the purpose that I put on, that I put on them? Can you please remind my kids that they're not just anybody's kids? Can you please remind my kids that they're not here just to take up space? Can you please remind my kids that they're not here just to exist? Can you please remind my kids that they're not here just to vote for a president? Can you please remind my kids that they're not just here to make some money? Can you please remind my kids that they're not just here to build the business can you remind my kids that I put them here on this earth to pray the prayer thy kingdom come and to be an expression of heaven on earth can you please remind my kids so let's let's go to our first verse first verse first verse uh pick one Luke uh let's go Luke 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 chapter 18 Luke chapter 18 Matthew Mark Luke okay Luke chapter 18 We'll start reading in verse number nine. Okay, y'all, y'all follow, follow me here. Follow me. Luke chapter 18, verse number nine. To some, this is, this is uh, Jesus. Uh, he's about to speak here. To some who are confident of their own righteousness. Uh-oh. This is already going to be, this is already going to bother some of us. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. Do you know, you guys know anybody who's looking down on everybody else? None of you, none of you guys are. None of y'all, none of y'all I'm looking at. No, not Jono. Jono's so kind. Look at that smile. No, Jono. Um, they're so confident in their own righteousness that they feel the freedom, have the audacity to look down on everyone else. Come on, you've been around these people. You've seen them on the news. You've seen them on Twitter. You've seen them on Instagram. They look down on everyone else. So Jesus wanted to tell them a parable. And this is what he said. Two men, two men, they go up, they go up to the temple to pray. So they're going to church. They're going to church. They're going to pray. And one a Pharisee. And the other, a tax collector. Now, the Pharisee would be the religious elite of the day. The tax collector, and we talked a little bit about this last week. For those of you who are with us, if not, go to Thy Kingdom Come Part 2, because this is Part 3. We talked about tax collectors. And tax collectors were the ones taking money from their own people for foreign government. And then they were kind of upcharging and and forcing the people to pay higher taxes. So they were considered to be like thieves. They were like the scum of the earth. So you got a religious elite, like somebody who has the Old Testament memorized. And you got the scum of the earth. The Pharisee stood by himself. And he prayed, okay, this is his prayer. This is his prayer. God, I thank you. Now, it's starting off good. God, and I thank you. That's good. You, you want to pray prayers of thanksgiving to God. That's, matter of fact, if you're feeling terrible about your life, it is great just to begin to go through the things that you're thankful for. It will change your perspective over and over and over again. It has worked in my heart in these times of, man, so much uncertainty. There have been times where I'm like, God, I want to just say thank you that I can hear. I want to say thank you that I can see. I want to say thank you that I can get up out of the bed. I want to say thank you that I'm not in a hospital bed right now. And for those that are even in a hospital bed, thank God that you can even be watching this or listening to this right now. Like we just go down the line of the things that you're thankful for. It just does something to your soul. God, I thank you. But then he messes up. That I am not like other people. I'm not like robbers. I don't, I don't wear camo pants. I don't have that much swag I'm I'm not an evildoer. I'm not like these adulterers. I'm not like anybody else out there. And 
God, I want to say thank you that that guy that I'm looking across the room at right now, that guy that I can see, that I walked in here with, that tax collector, I thank you. I'm not like him. Because, God, you know he's dirty. You know how he cheats. You know how he steals. You know how corrupt he is. I thank you that I'm not like him. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. So this man ties and fasts. But verse 13, whoo, verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. But he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me. God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. God, have mercy on me. I haven't done everything right. God, have mercy on me. I'm thinking about my past right now. God, have mercy on me. I've got so many shortcomings. God, have mercy on me for the things that I did on accident and the things that I did on purpose. God, have mercy on me for all the mistakes that I made. God, have mercy on me for the times that I thought I was right, but I was actually wrong. God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. We lost some of this. Let me finish. Let me finish this first. I tell you that this man, the one, the, the tax collector, this man rather than the other went home justified before God for all those, listen to Jesus here, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus actually has no problem with people being exalted. It's just how you're going to get there. He has no problem with people being elevated. It's just how you're going to get there. He's saying, hey, I'll exalt you, but you get there by, through your knees. You get there by humbling yourself. You get there by understanding the position that you have with God. And under his mighty hand, I thank you that I'm not like this other person who prays that rather who lives that and I have just felt that in the air even if someone doesn't say it like specifically it's just in the air it's like it's just it's kind of hovering and I get that it's in the world my problem that it's in the church we forgot something from March until now. <laughs> Why did I come down here? Oh, I came down here so that people would think that I'm the man or I'm the woman. I came down here so that I could be in power. I came down here so my agenda can be advanced. I came down here so that my kingdom can come. And God's like, let me wake you up for a second, church. No, 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 no. God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. You saved me by your grace. There's not one of us that are listening to this right now that want to be the Pharisee. All of us want to be the tax collector in this story. All of us. And, and most of us that are listening right now think, I'm definitely not the Pharisee. And I just submit, the second you and I start saying, I'm definitely not the Pharisee. I think we may have transitioned from tax collector to Pharisee. The second you start, we, I'm going to put myself in this, we start, we start pointing fingers at Pharisees. We switch our position from the humble to the one that's exalting ourselves. Because it would have been just as bad for the tax collector to pray the prayer, God, I thank you that I'm so humble. 
I thank you that I don't look down on other people like this Pharisee looks down on other people. And the second you and I start praying that, I think we're scooting a little bit closer to the spot we don't want to be in. Church. Church, come on now. Come on. Have we forgotten? Have we forgotten his grace? Maybe, maybe the church, maybe the church needed this COVID wake-up call. Let me say this. Not maybe. The church needed this COVID wake-up call. We needed to remember what this whole thing is all about. We needed to remember that this life is not about our fame and our glory. We needed to hear, we needed to be reminded that the church has never been a building. It's never been a corporation. It's always been a family. We needed to be reminded that to get in people's homes and to, and to carry each other's burdens and to cry with each other and to pray with each other and to hold up each other's arms and to make sure if you lost your job that I'm going to take some of my resources and I'm going to be there to help you. And if you don't have food in your refrigerator, I'll do everything I can to take some food from mine and put it in your refrigerator. We needed to be reminded what the church actually looks like. And dare do I say we needed to be reminded that we don't control everything. That we're not running the world. That when you and I die, this world will keep on spinning. And it will keep on spinning to the glory of God. I was uh, with my neighbors just last night. And um, you can turn to Luke chapter 15 as I go to the story about my neighbors. I, I uh, was with my neighbors last night. They're very social. We got some very, very social neighbors. And, uh, and by neighbors, I mean like the people who live next, next to us. Great, great people, folks that we love and we, we appreciate. And um, so I'm getting out of the car and uh, find out it's one of our neighbors' birthday. Turned 50. And uh, so I'm like, oh, happy birthday, happy birthday. I didn't ask permission to share this story, so I'm not going to say his name. Uh, if you're watching right now, John, I want you to know I'm so sorry <laughs> that I did not ask permission uh, to share this. But he, he uh, they were at, our neighbors are asking me about the church. You know, they know, they know I'm a pastor, and so they're asking about the church. And, you know, are you guys meeting in person yet? I'm like, well, this, this, upcoming, um, this upcoming weekend, we've got, uh, we're going to be meeting at the Angelica, meeting at the AMC, and we're doing in-person gatherings in neighborhoods and in homes. So people are inviting friends over to their houses and we're gathering together. And we're going to be at the American Airlines Center for Christmas Eve, Eve. Uh, so December 23rd, we're going to be there. And it's going to be so much fun. Can't wait. And my neighbor uh, says, um, you know, is your church filled with hypocrites? So I'm like, okay, 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 let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, and I said, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you, <laughs> we, are, we are some jacked up individuals at Shoreline City. This is not a perfect place at all. If you're looking for a perfect church, my friend, do not come here because your boy right here is the first one that is as jacked up as everybody else. And he appreciated that. And then, then he said, and I did not know he was talking about himself. He said, well, if a nine-year-old walks up to the pastor and says he wants to be baptized, will the pastor laugh at him and call him poor? He said the story, and I, I was like, wait. One of our other neighbors said, did this happen to you? He shakes his head. Nine years old? I, uh, I don't understand why somebody would say I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming to church. I don't do church. I'm not interested in the church because I've been around enough 
Pharisees. And to every person who is uh, with us today, and you have some type of story and experience like that, can I just say once again from the bottom of my heart and even on behalf of the church, I'm so sorry. I'm so incredibly sorry for the phone calls you didn't get back, for the people that ostracized you. I'm so sorry for the times you felt shamed. I'm so sorry for the times you felt less than. I'm so sorry for the times that people made your sin the bigger issue than you as a person. I'm so sorry for every single time it was about money. I'm so sorry for every single time it was about what you look like. I'm so sorry for the time that you walked in as an interracial couple and people gave you a side eye. I'm so sorry for the times that you were wearing your uniform and people disrespected you. I'm so sorry for all the times individuals looked down on you because of where you were from or what you look like or what you sound like or you didn't know where this was in the Bible. You didn't understand why people were doing this thing in church. I, I'm terribly sorry for every one of those times. Now that you know what it's like to be on the other side of that type of shaming, you and I don't get to graduate and now become the shamer. Because we feel a little bit justified. We feel a little justified and we feel that we get to now shame others because they shamed us. But again, we're thy kingdom come kind of people. Not my kingdom come. And since we are thy kingdom come, we have to ask ourselves, Jesus, what's your path? What's your way? What's your language? What's your mindset? What's your paradigm as it pertains to me interacting with this person, these people who have shamed me? And since you and I have tasted the grace of almighty God and the mercy of almighty God, now his mercy is even for the shamer. And I'm not going to be a part of a family that thinks we're so humble that we now get to throw stones. We're so loving, we now get to judge those who are not. Oh, my friends, I just want us to be about loving, and rescuing, and helping, and saving and reaching, and serving, and leading, and giving, and being who God has called us to be. Luke chapter 15, uh, I asked you all to turn there. Uh, I don't know how many minutes ago that was. Luke chapter 15, um, one of my favorite um, chapters in the Bible. If you've never read this entire chapter, I want to encourage you to go ahead and read it. Matter of fact, even this next week, begin to read it. Beginning in verse number one, now the tax collectors, here they are again. The tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. Look at the people that are hanging around him. But the Pharisees, dang on, and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Remember last week we talked about what, it's like, what it meant in that day to eat with someone who was considered unclean. So Jesus goes through and he shares some parables. First parable is about some sheep and there's a hundred sheep and this shepherd loses one of the sheep. Some of us have heard this uh, idea before. If you have not, let me just tell you, there's a hundred sheep. One of them is lost. The shepherd leaves the 99. He goes after the one. When he finds the one, he throws a party and Jesus is saying, hey, this is what the kingdom of God is like. This is what it's like. Then he goes, let me share another story. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A woman, she had some money. She lost, her, she lost a portion of her money. So she started turning her house upside down, trying to find some money. This is like you and I, some of us remember before they had like Venmo at valets, you know, and you're like, the guy brings you your car, or the lady brings you your car. You're like, hey, I'm going to give you some money. And you don't have anything. So then you go to your car and all you have are candy covered quarters. You're like, it's a little bit sticky. It's a little bit sticky, but I found seven of them, okay? But I'm good for the next time. I'm good for the next time. Here you go. 
I'm good for the next time. <laughs> that was disgusting right there. That was disgusting. <laughs> so she's searching high and low, trying to find the money. She finds it, throws a party. Hey, my money was lost. It's found. That's what the kingdom of God is like. Then Jesus shares another parable. A lot of us have heard this parable be called the parable of the lost son. This is about the guy. It's about the guy. Goes to his father. He says, hey, dad, give me, my, give me my inheritance. There's so much nuance even in that. What he's saying to his father is like, hey, I wish you were dead Give me my money now. I'm not going to wait for you to die. I want my money now. He takes his inheritance. He's a younger brother here. So he gets his third. He takes it and he goes off to Vegas or he goes off to some Turks and Caicos. Can you? I've been wanting to go to Turks and Caicos for a minute here. I've been talking to Turks and Caicos for, I mean, I mean, about six months I've been talking about Turks and Caicos. But I don't think you go there to waste a bunch of money. You go there to get refreshed. That's right. God's country. I'm just dreaming about it right now. So, but this younger son, he goes to Vegas and he just loses all of his money. He goes on some spring break trip, loses all of the money sitting there in a pig pen. He's like, man, I got to come to my senses. I'm going to go home. I'm going to tell my dad, dad, just take me back as a servant. You don't even need to make me a son. The father sees him from a long way off. The father comes running out there after him. It's like one of only two or three times in scripture. You even see a Jewish man running because it was undignified for a Jewish man to run. Again, talking about the intensity and the love and the passion that God has for his lost kids. Here comes this kid home and God comes running and the, the son goes into his whole big spiel and the dad's like, shut up. I love you. I'm throwing a party for you. Give me a ring. Give me a robe. Give me sandals on this son's feet. My son who was lost is now found. But so many of us know about this parable as the parable of the lost son. But it's not the parable of the lost son. It's the parable of two lost sons. Okay. I, I recapped a lot of that story right there. Go with me. Verse 24, for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Who, who's playing Drake? So he, I, I, hear, I hear Tootsie Slide going, what, what, what's, go, what's going on in there right now? What, what's happening? Is that the name of the song? Is it Tootsie Slide? Is that right? Okay, good, yeah. I, I, I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know how to do that dance, okay? I'm so holy, I only know how to do Jesus dances. That's the that's old school Jesus dance for some of y'all. But that's actually on Fortnite too. That's on Fortnite as well. Uh, Fortnite has been stealing Pentecostal dances for years. <laughs> Meanwhile, the older son was in the field when he came near the house. He heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and he asked him, what's going on? Servants like, your brother has come. He replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and he refused to go in. So here is the father again. Watch this. So his father went out and pleaded with him. The father went out to get the younger son. And now the, now the father goes out to get the older son as well. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. I stay in line. I do what I'm supposed to do. I'm an upright citizen. I pay my tithes. I go to church. I'm, I started a neighborhood gathering. I'm a good person. I'm a really good person. This other son of yours, he's not good, he's bad. I'm in, he's out, and he chose to be out. Wow. 
And since he chose to be out, he needs to stay out. Yet you never gave me even a young goat. That's so funny. So I could celebrate with my friends in our context. Like, what? You just wanted a goat? This whole, you, a goat? Really? A goat? Okay, I, I get you a goat, man. Okay, so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, not my brother, this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me. And everything I have, it's yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. I, uh, I know some of us have maybe heard this story a, a number of times. and I pray it never gets old to us. But I want you to see how in the first two parables, the sheep and the coins, the money that was lost, someone went out and search for what was lost. And I want you to see how that's missing from the last parable. I wonder if Jesus is saying, older sons, why aren't you going out there and searching for your lost brothers and sisters? Why are you so comfortable in your house, in your space, and you are, you're so into your own feelings and into your own agenda and your own view and filter of the world that you're not even thinking about your brother? I know this world has been trying to tear us apart. And again, another news flash: the media's goal and objective is not to bring people together and make them more like Jesus. That's not their objective. Some of you are like, well, not my news station. <laughs> no. Whether you're watching, I don't know, Daystar or TBN, I guess they would be about Jesus. But there's not a lot of news that goes on there either. I'm talking about the news outlets that we are going to. Their objective is not, let me look at Scripture today and then let us, y'all, let's pray about what we need to share today on the news. No. They're trying to figure out how they can stir up Enough stuff so people are interested in what they're saying. And some of you are like, oh, no, no, not, not the news, not the news. My friends, I'm I don't care if it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all this stuff that is out there. And there's some news that we definitely need. Uh, and if you are in the news industry right now, I'm thankful for you. My wife was in the news industry for years. But the reality is if it bleeds, it leads. Okay, this is how it works. But we're kingdom. We're Jesus people. I get why the world is trying to do what the world is trying to do. I'm talking now about thy kingdom come type of mindset. I'm talking about the church being the church. I'm talking about us stepping fully into who God has called us to be. I'm talking about us being representatives of heaven and us looking like Jesus everywhere we go. And in every interaction we have. So I have to ask myself, I want to be involved in politics. I want to be involved in business. I want to be involved in art. I want to be involved in education. I want to be involved in social justice issues. I want to be involved in, and you can fill in the blank. Do all of those things. But you and I have to ask ourselves, what is informing our decisions and our behavior as we enter into these different realms? 
And right now there's too many Christians that are allowing the world to inform scripture instead of allowing the scripture to inform their world. I'm trying to elevate us. I'm trying to elevate us, not where we look down on people, where we, but where we get in the position that God is actually asking for us to have, to be his hands and his feet, because some of us have forgotten. Why did I? Why did God even send me here? Some of us want to have some kids one day. I pray. I can't wait for you to have some kids. We got some babies. I mean, we got babies on babies on babies. COVID, man, COVID babies. Woo! Y'all been up in the house, haven't you? <laughs> so we got babies, beautiful babies too. Love it. Love, love all the babies that are coming into the world. If you, if you don't have a child yet and you're wanting to have one one day, just so you know, I believe that God is going to bless you and take care of you and, and meet that need and that, and that dream. That if, if you put that dream in your heart, I believe he is going to meet that need and fulfill that dream. I really do believe that. Some of us got some businesses on our hearts and on our minds. We're like, man, I can't wait to get this thing off the ground. Man, I, I, I want you to crush it. I pray that your business grows by leaps and bounds and your influence really touches so many people's lives. I, I, all the dreams, all the prayers, all the, 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 the desires that God has put in our hearts. My friends, as we have submitted to him, I just want to make sure that we keep our dreams submitted to him as well. So now as we keep our lives submitted to him, everything we do is submit it to him and since it's submitted to him now it has his scent everywhere we go and not our scent everywhere we go because we don't want people just thinking we're good when we walk into a room we want people knowing that God is good when we walk into a room it's just a different way of living life too many of us Christians right now we added Jesus on just added him on like I'm a good person yeah Jesus sure it's like no you were destined for hell, yeah. separated from God, right. lost. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, not me. Not me. I was doing well. I'm just telling you, you could have been doing well by earthly standards, spiritually, apart from Jesus Christ, redeeming and saving you and I. We were separated from God. That is the beauty of the gospel, that you and I are no longer separated. We've been made new in Jesus. And in his death, burial, and resurrection, all of us get to come home. And now that we are home, I need us to not get into our own heads and start thinking it was our own righteousness that put us here. But it was his work, his finished love, his power powerful grace that made us right with God. So now, older sons, I'm asking you, older brothers, I'm asking you, older sisters, I'm asking you, are you willing to leave? Maybe this is why church has been shut down the way it has. So we can remember again, oh, whoa, I'm supposed to be a light in my neighborhood. Oh, what separates me? What makes me different from everybody else around me? Because I can go to church and I can feel good about myself, but I can have other lost sons and daughters all around me. And do I even know their names? Have I shared God's love? Can I make them some cookies? Can I give them some encouragement? I... Uh, I got a couple more scriptures here. I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna end this party because, because I, I, I want this stuff to stick deep in our hearts. I really, really do. Yeah. Uh, my oldest, our oldest son, my wife and I's oldest son, uh, Parker. Uh, this is uh, last year. Uh, we had a, a a big scare, big scare with him, and um, he was playing basketball. And he goes up to steal the ball, and this other really big guy, you know, you see some kids, uh, you, they're in ninth grade or 10th grade, but they look like, you know, they've been in the NFL for about 17 years. This is just one of those 15-year-olds that has a beard, you know what I'm talking, like, like a full beard. And, um, and he goes up. He goes to steal the ball, and he bounces off of this massive kid. And, uh, and he's coming down, and his feet don't hit the floor first. His head does. 
And um, I mean, you hear it and you're like, "Woo, this, that's bad. But you know, it's athletics, things happen. He's gonna be all right, I'm thinking, but he's just laying there. And I see him just laying there and I'm like, okay. And I get up and I start to walk down the sideline and he's just laying there. He's not getting up. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I go out to the court, you know, I, hey buddy, hey Parker. And he, um, he kind of starts to come to for a second. He gets up and he walks over to the sideline. It was only like seven seconds left in the game. So the uh, clock uh, runs out. You know, he goes to the sideline, clock runs out. The teams are shaking hands. That's when teams could shake hands. And um, he, he stays seated. And I go over there to him and y'all, man, The look in his eyes, it's not right. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't right. Um, he was not there. If you had a friend or a family member that's gone through something like this, or you've seen him in the hospital, you're like, man, I'm, I'm looking at him. They're not there. And uh, just tears are coming down his face, but it's like he's, he doesn't even know he's crying and he's just super still. And I'm, I'm not going to get into all that he was uh, saying in that moment, because honestly, it's probably a little bit too emotional for me. But we, we end up uh, calling the ambulance, stabilizing his neck and riding uh, to the hospital. Get there to the hospital and man, whew, it was very emotional. Because he just... He wasn't there. So you start asking yourself all these questions like, okay, is this who my son is going to be for the rest of his life? And of course I'm going to love him, but, but this is not what, I, what we signed up for. I, 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 this is not what we prayed for. This is not what we believe in God for. And he's there in the ER and there's doctors and nurses and everybody's hustling around and they're trying to ask him questions, but he's slurring his words and he's, just, he's not there. Do, uh, is it CT scan, CAT scan? Uh, one of those, which one is it? Which one is it? CT scan? I don't, I don't know, Wh whichever one he, they did. And uh, he, uh, we're rolling him down the hallways and man, just dead in the hallways it feels like. You know, he and his mom are, me, me and his mom are just praying prayers. So many of you were praying prayers for him. Staff, family start showing up, you know, at the hospital. It took about, it took about four hours, I would say, before he like, you could see him coming back. And whew, I'm so glad he did. Um, man. And I love that guy so much. His mom loves him. And God's got so many great things in store for his life. But there was, there was some time there where he just wasn't there. And I feel like there's been some time that the church, we just haven't been there. And thankfully, there's enough old saints from the past that have prayed enough prayers for this generation. There's enough young people that have prayed some prayers during this time. There's enough churches that have been willing to go above and beyond politics and to say, I'm not splitting hairs over terms because I care about people. There's been some individuals that have been willing to say, I'll set aside some stuff that's non-essential so I can deal with the essential issues of life. There's been some individuals that have been willing to stand in the gap because God's been looking throughout the earth 
for some people that'll be willing to stand in the gap. He's been looking for some people that'll be willing to say, is it going to be about you or is it going to be about my kingdom? And, and I'm so thankful that there's been some people and there's been some individuals, there's been some men, been some women, there's been some married couples, there's been some single people that have said, hey, it's not going to be about me, God, and I've got some really, really strong opinions about stuff, but God, I'll set aside my opinions so that I can hold on to your opinions and your opinion is always for the people and for your kingdom. So God, I'm going to make it about you and not about me. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Some people have prayed. But I need some of us today to come to to be kind of shaken out of the pride spot we might be in. And some of you right here trying to figure out, okay, who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? Who's he, who's he talking about Republicans? He's talking about Democrats. Is he talking about? Listen, listen. I'm talking to me. And I'm talking to you. And I'm just trusting that the Holy Spirit will speak to you because I can't convince you that you need to change. And you can't convince me that I need to change. And I've never seen a thread on Twitter that's convinced someone to change. But I have seen the children of Almighty God being who God has called us to be, living a thy kingdom come kind of life. And I've seen the world turn right side up. You and I are here because of it. You and I are here because the church at the very beginning said we're not going to be silent. We're going to be the church. And things got really messy. Man, there was discrimination and all kinds of stuff going on even in the Bible. You can read it in the book of Acts. It's all in there. But still in the midst of all of the confusion and the mess, there were some people that are like, God, not my kingdom come. I want your will to be done. Not my way, God. I want your way. God, this money's not mine. This money's yours. God, my talents aren't mine. The talents are yours. God, my gifts aren't, my, aren't mine. My gifts are yours. There were always some people. They were willing to say, I'll go all in, not for my agenda, but for your agenda. And because of those people, you and I are still here today. Let us not live lives that, that, that hurt and that stain their legacy. Too many people cried. Too many people prayed. Too many people died. Too many people worshiped. Too many people gave for you and I to drop the baton in our generation. So here's our moment to be the sons that come home or the sons that are in the house and don't live based on our own righteousness and go after the lost sons and daughters that are in the world. That's the mandate of our church family. That's the DNA that we have. And I'm praying we'll be a thy kingdom come church more than we've ever been before because our world needs it. And that's why God put us here. If you wouldn't mind, church family, bow your heads for just a moment. If you're in a home, in a theater, on your phone, if you have never made Jesus Christ first in your life, you're lost. You're like the sheep, the coin, or either one of the sons. And today you're saying you don't want to go your own way anymore. You want to go his way. You don't want to be first in your life. You want him to be first. I'm going to ask you to do something simple, but something incredibly bold. On the count of three, I literally want you to raise your hand where you are. And that's you acknowledging, God, you're working on my heart, and I want to give you my heart and my life. Ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand in the air. It's just an intimate moment between you and God right now. He loves you so much. And he sees every hand. And why don't we all put our hands over our heart right now? Every one of us put our hands over our heart. And I want us to, uh, I want us to pray this prayer out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we lift up our heads, clap our hands with enthusiasm. Love y'all. 
so, so much. Hey, today, if you put Jesus first in your life, we would love to know about it. Matter of fact, you can go ahead and text Jesus first to 97,000. That lets us know that you prayed this prayer, brother, for the first time or to rededicate your life to serving Jesus. And we want to be a part of helping you become who God has called you to be. As a matter of fact, your next step is not just to pray the prayer, but to actually join the family, to be a part of the family of God. So we want you to go to Growth Track. We want you to be a part of that. So if you're watching on Sunday at 11.45 at the at Theater 15, at the AMC, we actually are going to be having growth tracks. So I'm excited about that. But every Wednesday, or if you're at the Angelica, every or, or watching it at another time, every Wednesday, seven o'clock. Is it seven o'clock or eight o'clock? Eight o'clock. That's right. It's eight o'clock Central Standard Time. We have growth track. That is where you understand who you are, who God has called you to be, and the part He wants you to play in making it on earth as it is in heaven. Church family, God has been doing some great things, and I I believe He did some great things in all of our hearts today. I pray that you feel incredibly encouraged. And I want to encourage us to continue to keep putting God first. Make sure we, I want you to connect the dots that because of our generosity, because we're responding to God's grace, He's given us this money. And now we get the chance to give this money. And on the other side of our money, people are like saying, Thank you, God, that I met you and I gave you my heart and my life. So your money is connected to eternity. So whether you're going to give, text to give, or give online, or give on the app, I just want to encourage us, church family, let's not, this is not the time to be stingy. This is a time for us to go all in. As God has poured out His grace on us, it's our opportunity to pour out our extravagant generosity towards all of humanity. So let's keep on giving. Hey, we've been giving a whole bunch during this time, and we made a quick little video just to give you a couple of the pieces, a couple of the ways that we have been giving. And then after this video, church family, I'm going to bring the worship team back up here, and we are going going to sing our faces off and we're going to connect with the God of heaven and be drawn closer to our glorious Savior. Love you so much, church.